0: Welcome to Modern Day Missionaries, a podcast by Modern Day Missions created for missionaries by missionaries, where we talk about topics that affect our actual life on the mission field. This is a space where we get practical and personal and talk about the day-to-day real challenges and joys of this crazy life has call us into. I'm your host, fellow missionary Stephanie Gutierrez. Are you an MK or the parent of missionary kids? Join us for part one of this vulnerable and powerful conversation with Dr. Rob Hoskins on trauma, guilt, strategy, and hope. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We have the great honor of being joined by Dr. Rob Hoskins, the president of One Hope. I know many of you have heard of it, the Bible app for kids put out by YouVersion, and that was really developed in partnership between One Hope and Life Church. And beyond that, One Hope is a global ministry committed to engaging every child in the world with God's word. And One Hope has already reached more than 1.9 billion children. Yes, I said billion, not million, 1.9 billion children and youth around the world, so real numbers. And that just blows my mind beyond that. Rob serves as a senior advisor to the world evangelical Alliance and is on the strategic working group for the Lasan movement. And Rob and his wife, Kim, are general-appointed missionaries of the Assemblies of God, and both grew up as MKs, which we're going to dig into a little bit today. Rob also has a Doctor of Divinity and a Doctor of Ministry in World Missions and Cross-Cultural Studies, and he's currently teaching a doctoral program at Southeastern University. In addition, there's more. He is the author of several books, of which I have all of them. They're outstanding. We've got Hope Delivered. We've got Reimagine Missions and Change Your World, which he wrote with John Maxwell. Make sure to pick up all of those. And there's another one coming out soon here. Theology of the City, That that's on my list. I cannot wait. And Rob, I had the privilege of meeting you for the first time. I want to say it was about six years ago. It was a, a small missions roundtable. Table I remember. Um, led by you. Yes, at One Hope. And that was a day. I will never forget and I don't say this to be kind or to flatter I say it very sincerely but you are one of the most brilliant and passionate people in missions I have ever had the pleasure oh of meeting. Well, I, I really genuinely mean that. That is all uh, I'm true. I'm sorry this is on
1: I'm sorry this is on video <laughs> cuz you can see me blushing right now. So. <laughs> well,
0: I am thrilled beyond words that we have you with us today speaking from your missionary heart to ours and there's about a thousand questions I'd love to ask you in directions we could go in (laughs) but I know when you and I were were, um, discussing this beforehand we decided to take it in the direction of family relationships and missions because you are the son of missionaries legendary missionaries at that you grew up as an mk so did kim and you're passionate about children because that's what one hope Mm. is all about yeah a, a lot of our missionaries are parents of kids and other ones are MKs and it's such a unique experience and it's, it's not easy. And I'd love to just begin by hearing a little bit about your MK experience. What was that sure. like for you?
1: Yeah. Well, Stephanie, what a joy to to be here with you. And, um, as, as I heard about, um, who this podcast is for, uh, I, I really got excited. I mean, my tribe is missionaries and missionary kids, right? I mean, and so if there's any value that I can provide for, for your audience, um, I, I really pray that I will today because um, this is really the closest thing to God's heart is his children. The closest thing to our heart as missionaries is our kids. And, you know, I heard my dad and mom say for years, like, you know, what will it prosper us if we gain the whole world where we've called us and we lose our own kids? And so uh, this is this is probably the most intimate thing we could talk about today on this on this missionary uh, podcast to this missionary family. And so, I really want to say thank you, Stephanie, for giving me the honor and the trust to be able to talk about this most important and most valuable um, commodity responsibility of stewardship we have as missionaries as our own children. So thank you for that. Yeah, I I have. Um, you know, they, they either say that missionary kids are going to change the world or, or blow it up. You know, I mean, um, there, there's actually studies done that people can download that, that shows sort of the overachieving or the underachieving nature of missionary kids. It doesn't seem like there's much of a middle, like, um, I think it's because of the unique, uh, situation that we have by growing, growing up in uh, bicultural situations and bilingual, um, having to shift being third culture. Many of us, um, creates some amazing opportunity and challenges all at the same time. So the product of Missionary Kids is usually people that are really super high achievers are people that have had horrible experiences that have really gone through a lot of trauma because of uh, their upbringing and what they experienced in, 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 a, in, in a negative or challenging way. And so that gulf is, is, is very wide. So it makes us all the more cognizant, I think, of how we raise our kids. So I have to say just as sort of, a, I guess, a, um, just a full transparency, in my own family, we, we sort of experience both. Uh, obviously, I'm in mission. My wife, Kim, is in mission. We've loved being missionary kids. But I have siblings who ran very hard away from the Lord and were prodigals for many, many years. And now, thank God, their relationship with Jesus has been restored but not without some pain in our own family. So whoever you are today, like even within a family, you have people that have responded super, super well. So there's no sort of blueprint that says, this is the ideal way to raise a missionary kid. Because I know in my family, I would say, I thought my parents raised me ideally. And I just had such an amazing, wonderful missionary kids experience. But if you talk to um, my sibling, um, I, I think they would have a very different story to tell on this podcast today. So just, I wasn't going to share this, but I think my dad would be fine with it. Um, When, when my brother was really struggling with the Lord and and very far away from Jesus, and he was living in Russia, he had this incredible gift and knack for language and business. And so, uh, but he was, he was really uh, deeply in sin. um, And my dad was just carrying the weight of that. And um, so my dad was actually talking to a family friend of ours who was a preeminent, uh, psychologist and really pouring his heart out to him about questioning um, did 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 we do something wrong as missionary parents did I travel too much was I away from home too much and he was really keeping a lot of sort of guilt on himself and, and and my mom kind of wondering did we make the right decisions and uh the psychologist kind of paused and he says, I bet you're really proud of Rob, aren't you? And my dad sort of lit up and he said, yeah, I am, you know, and uh, all that he's achieved and accomplished. My dad founded the ministry that I leave now. So it's just been amazing as him and mom passed the baton to Kim and I. And so they were talking about that. My dad's, you know, it was just really talking about. It. And then the psychologist said, so you must really, you know, take all the credit for, for, for Rob's success at, in what he's doing. And my dad instantly said, well, No, of course not. And then he said, well, why do you take all the blame for your other son's challenges? Um, You know, all of us, Stephanie, do the best we can in the midst of the calling that we're in. And obviously we need to really concentrate on being the best possible parents we we, we can be. Mm -hmm. But we, we shouldn't question our call when some of our kids have challenges and when their experiences perhaps don't seem ideal, um, I, I, I just want to give that to some parents today that might really be struggling with maybe some of their kids who are having a hard time. Um, we can't take all the credit for, uh, our good kids. We can't take all the blame for our kids that are struggling. And so I appreciate
0: that. You really said that, cause I think that's very, that's a very life-giving thing. That's probably very freeing for people who are listening that that's such an important distinction between not taking all the blame nor taking all the credit, neither one, belongs to us. So within that, you're asking yourself, what is my responsibility? I'm not taking all the blame. I'm not taking all the credit, but what is my role and my responsibility within that?
1: Yeah. And Kim and I really, um, we thought a lot about that even when we were dating, um, knowing having both. So I I grew up in in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, my parents were missionaries mainly working among Muslims, um, in the middle East and kind of helped pioneer a lot of the Pentecostal work in fact, in, in, in the middle East. Uh, and we were there until the war, and then we were evacuated three times. So it wasn't like we had a completely stable environment. Uh, we, in the last time we were evacuated, our home blew up, and we had lost everything. Um, my my family didn't. I, really itinerate very much, so I hadn't had much experience in the U.S. at all, having uh, grown up in in, in Beirut. And so then we then we went to Europe, and we were in Europe four years where uh, during those early high, junior high, late high, junior high, high school years, I was in Europe, where, which was had its own challenges, um, obviously growing up in a very secular environment, very different than growing up in the Middle East. Uh, my wife, Kim, grew up in Central and South America. Her parents were crusade evangelists, missionaries, so they moved around a lot. She lived in eight different countries growing up, um, so constantly moving, so the challenges that exist there, so between the two of us, between war, she was in the war in El Salvador. I was in the wars in, in Beirut. So we both experienced some pretty um, uh, <laughs> horrific and 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 huge challenges. Um, but uh, uh, bottom line, we 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 wouldn't have trade we wouldn't trade our missionary kids' experience for anything in the world. We consider that sort of our our greatest uh, badge of honor. You know, uh, you were going through all the things and the degrees and the ministry that, that, that I run. And I would say that my number one sort of highest, what I'm, what I'm proud of is being a missionary kid and, and also raising missionary uh, daughters who, um, and that's been a very different experience just to give context here. So both Kim and I, we were like, we're, we're going to go to the mission field. Um, we were actually headed to Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire, where we were going to work among Muslim students at the university there. And I had a series of physical challenges. I actually was blind for eight months, uh, halted our, our missionary. Uh, in, uh, we were ready to go to the field and that, that stopped. But at the same time, my dad had this vision for what became One Hope. And um, I had moved back in with my in-laws because of my uh, physical challenges. Went through five eye surgeries that year. Wow. And uh, so we just started having to work stateside. And started working with my my dad and mom on this new vision they had for God's Word Every Child, and six months became a year, became two years, became three years, uh, now became 33 years where we've been, and and eventually mom and dad handing the baton to Kim and I to lead One Hope about 20 years ago. So um, uh, we never dreamed that we would raise our our, our children in the United States. Um, we thought, of course, we're gonna. You know, raise them somewhere in the world, and they're going to be like us, and they're going to grow up speaking several languages and loving culture. And uh, they weren't; they were stateside-based missionaries' uh, kids. So we had to be super intentional about uh, having them being raised in the U.S., but us having a deep desire for them to have a missionary kid experience. So we had to be very intentional about that. But I think that same intentionality would have come whether we were on the field or whether we were based stateside. And if if you don't think about the outcome you want to have for the lives of your kids and really place it as one of the highest priorities. Sort of the raising of healthy missionary kids will fall by the wayside as you get involved in the work of ministry. Um, and you're, you're sort of hoping that they'll, they'll catch it, that of course they'll see what, you know, mom and dad are called to, and they're participating in it because they're around it. Um, but it's not enough. I, I think you really have to begin to, to think at the earliest of ages what experience is my child having? And is it a positive experience? And am I mindful um, continuously of the uniqueness of raising a child um, as, a, as a missionary? And there are very unique challenges. Uh, besides the cultural challenges that exist, there's the pressures that exist. Um, they're not just missionary kids, they're, pre- they're preacher kids. And there's all kinds of pressures that come with being a PK. Um, and, and then, of course, we see this uh, moving from one culture to another and uh, re-entry culture shock, which I experienced when we moved from France to the United States when I was 16. I'd only lived in the United States for one year uh, when we were itinerating one year. So I was really a fish out of water uh, coming back in as a 16-year-old and doing one year of high school before I went into to college and university. Which wasn't a lot of time to to re um, so we have unique challenges, and we have to be unique parents. Um, we we can't just say we're just going to raise our kids like everybody else because the context is is different than everybody else. So uh, we've got some bells chiming here. I hope that's okay. <laughs> but, um, maybe, maybe maybe it's a dramatic pause because it gives, it's a it's a it's a wake up bell, right? I mean, we really need to wake up as parents and say let's really plan and let's follow that plan. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and and Kim and I did that with our girls and, uh, I'm I'm so grateful and thankful that we did.
0: And I love what you said there. You mentioned two things. You mentioned setting outcome. So deciding what is it that we want our kids to experience. And then you mentioned evaluation, pausing and saying, Hey, is this working? How are my kids doing? So with you and Kim, what were some of the outcomes that you wanted your kids to have as MKs?
1: Well, I think one thing that both Kim and I loved about our missionary kids experience was the proximity we had to our parents and our family and being integrated and involved so that it wasn't our parents are missionaries and we have to go with them. But it was we're a missionary family Um, and us feeling both Kim and I like being a part of it from the very beginning and uh, them sharing with us. things that perhaps uh maybe some parents in other professions wouldn't have shared with their 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 children because it wasn't essential or necessary but our parents sort of felt like we dragged our kids into living in a war zone in beirut are moving homes eight times eight countries eight different countries before you're 12 years old like so they sort of sense this responsibility of saying um that we need them to come on this journey with us. And, and that means including them and sort of a level of transparency uh, with your children that m- might really not have happened in a, a quote, normal profession. Um, wow. And I think that was, that was really, really important. Uh, and as Kim and I analyzed, what did we love about our missionaries kids experience is that integration of saying we are a missionary family and that we're in this together. And that means knowing when to draw the line. Um, I remember our missionary board, um, when we were gonna go to Ivory Coast in Africa and we were being interviewed by our denomination, um, they actually said, well, for, for that part of uh, West Africa, um, we, uh, we want your kids to go to boarding school. Um, we have a great boarding school out in West Africa. And um, Kim and I just drew the line in the sand and said, proximity and our kids involvement in our ministry missionary life is, is primary to us. And, uh, that was a line in the sand. And, and for a few weeks of interview process, um, they had said, well, then you probably can't be sent out with us. And that was just tragic because Kim and I had both grown up within our denominational, uh, structure and felt like it was our home. It was our ecclesiastical Mm -hmm. home and it was our missional home. Um, but that was something we weren't willing to give up on. And finally, they, they relented. And as I said earlier, because of my physical challenges, we never actually went to West Africa. But I'm glad that we sort of have faced that challenge early on, even before this before we had kids. We, we hadn't even had a child yet. Um, we were just about to have a, our first baby. But we had said, no, for us, I'm not saying boarding school is wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, as parents and as a family, you've got to figure out what's right for us and, and, and have those convictions and those values. Um, I think we, we all know, you know, we've heard the directorism, um, culture is strategy for breakfast. I think though, sometimes with missionaries, um, strategy eats culture. Wow. Um, and we, we, we start really seeing that as we get in the heat of the battle of missionary work and we're doing important work, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're there saving people. We're, we're there, uh, proclaiming jesus to people who've never heard it before we're establishing churches in places where they've never been established we're building educational institutions where there's never been any theological education before i mean these are massive kingdom strategies and we have that responsibility to say i have a stewardship over these huge kingdom strategies and if we're not careful those strategies become a higher priority than our children and um Jesus never intended, we don't serve a schizophrenic God who tells us, bring up spiritually healthy kids um, and sacrifice them at the altar of kingdom strategy. That is not Jesus's plan for any of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we're not intentional and we don't have those values firmly established within our home, within our family, and the decision we're making as parents. um, Kids are usually the ones that are going to suffer the consequences of that uh, the most.
0: That's such a great point. And I love that you're bringing up that tension between taking care of your kids and then also strategy. So culture and strategy, your family side. And then what also God has called you to do. And sometimes as with many things in life, you'll see people pendulum swing and they'll, as Andy Stanley talks about, they'll try to solve attention rather than manage it by either going, you know what, I'm not going to take my kids to church. I'm just going to be with them. And I'm only going to be with them. And I'm going to huddle down in this kind of isolated bubble, or they'll kind of ditch their kids and go off and do ministry and so it's balancing that tension between the two and that takes constant evaluation as you pointed out clear outcomes and constant evaluation one of the things i really love that you're bringing up right now is the difference between a missionary family and missionaries with kids i think that might be a really interesting and different way of looking at it for a lot of families and you mentioned a couple of the things for you for you and kim were at proximity was one of the ones that you really wanted. Transparency, letting them see a little bit of what was going on and then inclusion, them being a part of it. Can you speak more into what that looks like, that inclusion or that sense of ownership that missionary kids, well, as you say, should should have, or you wanted your kids to have?
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, look, when we say we're missionary parents, we, we can't pretend that we have a homogenous context and that all of us are doing ministry in the same way. I mean, some of us Correct. are church planners. Some of us are educators. Um, some like me now are kind of missions executives. And there's sort of, a, so, so there's no blueprint that sort of says, this is how you involve your kids mm-hmm. in, in, in the work of missionary life. I think all of us have to figure that out on our own. But um, I'm a big fan of um, Dr. Robert Coles, who's a child psychiatrist from Harvard. And he's written some amazing books, The Spiritual Life of Children, The Moral Life of Children actually an Episcopalian um, uh, lay minister with the Episcopalian Church so men of faith um, and Coles uh, just really uh, analyzed um, and this isn't just for missionary because this is just parenting in general but he said you know when we were an agrarian society it was very easy for um, children to be involved in the in the in the family profession um, we are farmers right I mean um, and then we moved into a, to a manufacturing uh, uh, culture and the industrial age. And he said, even there, it wasn't so much we are farmers, but it was very much, this is what dad makes. It was, it was there was a tangible product that was created. And this, he, he prophesied and then continued to lead during a time where he says, but we're coming up against the knowledge economy where um, it's not who we are at, in the agrarian society or it's not even something you can point to to say, this is what we make. But in the knowledge economy, there's sort of this separation that begins to take place. And as as mainly probably Western missionaries that are listening to us today, um, our role as 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 missionaries in a globalized world in a context is we're very much increasingly specialists in what we do in a a knowledge environment. We're providing a certain value to the indigenous churches of the world. Um, Fewer and fewer of us are generalists, Um, so so we're bringing a certain knowledge um, that comes with a lot of professionalism, rightfully so, being sent out as Western missionaries to help serve the global church. So I think Cole's really pinpointed something here with, with a knowledge economy. And he said, there's a danger that I, of identity that will come in rearing your children if they don't understand your purpose in life. Um, when you're a farmer, they know the purpose is to create food to feed the world. If you're creating a product, you can point to it and say, dad builds cars, and that helps people in transportation there's a sense of identity that comes around that, you know, Um, he's a fireman, he puts out fires, he brings, he's a teacher, he's educating children, yes, but sometimes, so I was, I was really dealing with this as we were raising our kids in South Florida, and I'm dealing with missions every day, and I'm going on a lot of trips, we're trying to take them as much as we can, but in many ways, they're living a, quote, normal life, they're going to school, um, they're coming home for dinner, and so, how do you give them that sense of purpose and identity as a missionary family in those kinds of contexts and a knowledge economy? And I was, I was, I was driving my uh, girls one day and their kids were, uh, were in the car and I just said, Hey, what do your parents do? You know? And, and um, there were three other kids in the car and they all said, they go to the office. And I said, Oh, okay, well, they go to the office, but like, what is their profession? They go, they go to the office, you know? And these three three American kids had no clue, like, what their parents did. Like, you know, I could, they, I couldn't even get out. Are they, you know, are they in insurance? Are they in, you know, business or corporate or uh, law? Or th- these kids didn't even know. And I think in a knowledge economy, there's a real danger. Now, that's kind of an extreme example. I think most missionary kids would say my parents are missionaries, but I think it has to be more than that. I think it really has to be. Um, what your family is called to, and then having a deep understanding of the work that you're doing. So Kim and I really embedded that in the lives of our children at the youngest possible of ages. Like our family is God's word every child. Like that's the Mm -hmm. mission we're called to. So we're trying to teach our kids at the youngest possible age, the value of scripture engagement um, in their life, in the life of our family, but also as our calling. Um, for, for us at the youngest possible of ages to say um, that what we're doing is we're translating, distributing, and engaging the next generation with the word of God. And it's the most value for us as our family. It's the most valuable thing we could do with our lives. So so if you can instill that in your children, the actual missionality of your family, and, and what is the outcome Why are we working harder than most families work? Why are we sacrificing in ways that their classmates' families aren't having to sacrifice in? Because there's tremendous sacrifice as a missionary kid.
0: So as you can probably tell, Dr. Rob Hoskins was just getting started today with talking about missionary kids, how we can best parent them, some of the unique challenges they're up against. This interview was so good, we actually had to divide it into two parts. So make sure to join us next week for part two continue talking along this line, and also begin to look at some strategies, how to engage culture as a family, and share some really fun stories. We will see you next week for part two.
1: Since 2008, Modern Day Missions has been providing financial, administrative, and marketing services to Christian missionaries around the globe. We're currently partnered with more than 750 missionaries in 75 different nations. If you or someone you know are looking for a nonprofit covering to fulfill your mission's vision, Modern Day could be the answer you're looking for. Find out more at modernday.org.